0: Welcome to the Home Lab Show, episode 40, Turing Pie 2. This is an exciting episode because Jay acquired one of these Turing Pies. And if you're not familiar with them, well, this is the right episode. You're listening to the right thing because we're going to dive into what it is, why yep. you should want it. And if you didn't want it before the episode, I have a feeling you're going to want it after. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of people interested in this, and rightfully so. I can't wait to talk about it.
0: Yeah. So, before we talk about it though, quick thank you to the sponsor of the show, and that is Leno. They've been a sponsor for a while now, and uh, if you're listening to this, it was literally downloaded through Leno. This is where we host our infrastructure for the show. This is where we host quite a few things and many projects and many of the projects we've talked about on this channel can be set up on Linode, you know, in case you don't want everything running on your own servers. I know being home lab shows, someone might say, why would you have a cloud provider? I'm like, cause not everything has to be in your right. house. Matter of fact, it's better if some things are not, especially like if you needed a VPN or different tunneling or want to experiment with something that you need a lot of people to access and yeah, at your home isn't always the best place for that but if you are looking for a good place to host those things linode has an offer code down below to get you started and thank you linode for sponsoring this show
1: we appreciate it
0: yes now let's dive into this turing Pi because i'm excited because raspberry Pis, i think are the perfect home lab single board computer idea to get started with because they're really accessible you know i in. <laughs> We can do clustering on them. We can start building. And that's kind of what this is leading up to is so you can take groups of them and put a uh, it, four is the supported right number mm-hmm. on this device, right? Yeah. So yep. you can put four Raspberry Pi compute modules on here. And this really leads into that learning path and or sometimes even product path to building something that has some levels of, you know, Spread out computing across multiple nodes, the knowledge it takes to build something like that, maybe set something like Kubernetes or a lot of other projects that'll go on here. So that's kind of what the concept is here with the device. It's a motherboard, essentially, that lets you attach pies. But I'm not the expert on it, and Jay's actually been using it, so I'm going to let him take it from there.
1: Yep. So... Quick disclaimer, I'm about halfway through the review process right now. I I think the video will come out next week, most likely. Um, As an aside, I haven't had any videos this week because I've been so dedicated to this thing. I've been kind of fascinated with it. But everything will return back to normal next week. So we've talked in the past about using Raspberry Pis as servers. Um, Obviously, you can't uh, set up this massive video rendering rig with a Raspberry Pi. Or maybe you could if you had enough of them and you figured out the clustering side. But yeah. There's there's a use case for Raspberry Pi, and then there's some things that just don't work. So when we talk about Raspberry Pis in general, we're talking about the single board computer has all the ports on there that you need, and you just plug a monitor in, or you don't. It's a server. You don't need to do that. Um, at least a network cable, and a power cable, or some kind of power over Ethernet hat. I don't think I need to go into too much detail about the Raspberry Pi, because I think it's safe to say the majority, if not everyone in the audience, knows what that is. Yes. But they probably don't. I would say maybe 50-50. I don't know what the divide might be about the compute modules. Um, I think they're kind of confusing. And when you look at a compute module, I mean, when I first looked at one, I'm like, what do I do with that exactly? There's <laughs> there's no power port. There's no Ethernet port. There's no SD card slot. In fact, there's nothing other than RAM and CPU. So how do how would I use it? And that's kind of the confusing part because compute modules, the barrier to entry is not as easy as Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi has everything you need and the compute module has, well, actually nothing. It has just the CPU, the memory, um, because they, what it's for is for people to, you know, insert into another board And that's how you make a a product with it or work on a project. And there's boards you could buy that have all the ports on there and has one slot. You just plug in your compute module to it and you have a reference uh, Raspberry Pi to develop on. But that's not really all that cool because if you're going to go through the trouble of buying a board that has one slot and slot a compute module into it, considering it has the same processor as a Raspberry Pi anyway, just buy a Raspberry Pi. They're like, you know, starting at $30 or whatever. I forget what they are. But the Touring Pi kind of makes this make sense because not everyone is trying to build a IoT device and a custom chassis with an assembly line and, you know, all that stuff just to put a product out there. That's one thing about the compute module. It's skinny. It fits in anything. However, for us, we don't care yet. Nothing I've said is really all that exciting. You know, okay, I'll just go back to using the Raspberry Pi. But the Touring Pi 2 really makes this awesome. Like it, it makes you care about compute modules because you could buy a series of Raspberry Pis like we've done. You built me that 3D um, printed rack that you just yes. slot, slot them all into. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's so cool. Um, and I'm not saying, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not saying that this is like the only way to do it. You have to use a Turing Pi to um, use whatever works. And if you could 3D print something and build your own rack, I mean, absolutely do that. But what's really cool about the Turing Pi 2 is that it is a mini ITX motherboard that's fully compatible. So if you have a mini ITX chassis, the same you'd buy for a x86 board, for example, you just put it in there and then you slap your Raspberry Pi compute modules into it and you plug in one power cable because you can use a mini ITX compatible power supply and one ethernet cable, there's a built-in switch. So already you don't have to deal with cable management And you have just one chassis that has your compute modules. And since you slot the compute modules into the board, you now have all the ports you need. You have HDMI, you have USB, you have Ethernet, you have like everything, you have GPIO. So it basically gives you back all the things that the compute module took away But what's really cool is you could hot swap these. You don't have to shut it down. You could just yank one out if it goes bad. Hopefully that never happens. But if it did, just yank it out, put another one in there. And um, you don't have to shut down the others. It makes it really great for a um, cluster if you want to do a Kubernetes cluster. And even if you don't, you can have one as a web server, maybe another as an Cloud server. You could have a NAS because we'll get to the ports in a minute. There's all kinds of different things that you can attach. And I think that's when you start to get into the territory of why would I use this over a standard Raspberry Pi?
0: I will touch on something though. You, you'd you mentioned why have a compute module for just one device. I think the exception for that is something you probably have on the desk behind you is one they built some of those uh, emulators that right. they built the uh, Game Boy style one. Yep. I, I say Game Boy style because it's not just portable, it kind of looks like a Game Boy. And uh, yes, I, it, for those of you listening, Jay's got it in his hand, of Watching. course. Uh And I thought yeah. that was a cool use case for those Raspberry Pi compute modules. So you as a product manufacturer were able to, the <laughs> product manufacturer built the device, built it for playing the retro games, made it ideal, and then said, hey, I'm not going to deal with the compute module. I'm just going to put an edge connector in there that will allow to accept these. Back over to the Turing Pi, though, I think it's really not novel. And I did not know until you said that they were hot swappable. That's actually uh, even more interesting to me. It is. Yeah, That's, a, that's, so that's really cool. In uh, the mini ITX form factor is really popular. This is one nice thing instead of having to, and don't get me wrong, it's fun trying to build custom cases, 3D print something, but it's also nice to go, I know there's a plethora of available mini ITX form factor cases. I can find one that fits what I'm looking to do. Right. Slap this in there with four compute modules, and now in a small low wattage configuration, I'm able to start doing my learning because obviously these have a nice connected backplane between them to be able to talk at a reasonable speed, I'm assuming. Right?
1: 12 gigabits per second backplane. Wow, that's pretty that's,
0: good. Yeah, that's really good. That's a great backplane <laughs> for a uh low-powered compute system for your learning needs. 12 gigabit exactly. backplane, we're
1: good. <laughs> so you know, obviously, this is the Touring Pi 2, which implies that there was that this is a sequel. This is part two. And, you know, let's be honest, some sequels really aren't that good. I mean, we can get into the Star Wars movies, but I won't. <laughs> um, but any, anyway, um, I did review the Touring Pi 1. I think it was in 2020. And it was really cool. It's very similar. Does, it doesn't have as many features as this new one has. But it has, I thought it was like 100 megahertz bus or some weird, I forgot what the limitation was which meant that the compute modules were decent. The compute module three, which is what that used, it had lower specs, it was decent, but it was even lowered further by the bus, which means that there's a lot of bottlenecks, which depending on what you're using it for, just like a local web server is fine. But if you're getting into the high IO, then you're going to have some problems with the Turing-Pi 1. Depends on what you want to use it for. But the Turing-Pi 2 comes along and just knocks the first one out out of the water because it has the 12 gigabit per second backplane and even when I'm uh, transferring from TrueNAS to a compute module, I was getting like nearly 900 megabits a second or something like that. Or I um, can't remember what the measurement was. With iPerf, I was just testing it out. And I'm still testing it now because the review is not done yet. I'm still working on it. But, you know, we have all the ports, but we also have SATA ports on here. So, and I'm not talking about, you know, with the Raspberry Pi, you'd, you know, hook up a hard drive via USB or something. I'm talking about actual SATA ports on the board that you could plug in an actual hard drive to. And you have two of those. You have two PCIe slots or mini PCIe slots on the board as well. Um, you, of course, you have a header for the power supply. There's a fan header on there. You have the front panel connectors, which was missing from the first one, so which is kind of weird. You would put the first touring Pi into an ATX board, but the power button wouldn't work because there's nowhere to hook it up. I'm huh. sure some crafty probably could do that, but you have dead ports and a dead case. It's just, it just holds the board. That's it. That's all it did. But this one actually has connections for the front panel USB, the the actual power button, the LEDs, the, you know, the power supply, like I mentioned, you could actually hook up these things directly. It, the only thing I don't know yet, because mine's a pre-release version, is if they're going to include an IO shield or not. The first one didn't have one. I assume you could probably 3D print one, but I'm hoping when the final version comes out, they'll include that because um, right now there's a big hole in the back of the case. But if that's the only problem that I run into, I could probably live with that or just send you something to 3D print for me to take care of it if I if it comes to that. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it is strange you didn't ship it, but this is one of those things whenever you have a pre-production system, and sometimes there's a couple things that might not be there, that little backplate being among them.
1: Yep. Uh one of the things that won't be um on the final version, from what I understand, is the dip switches. So there's dip switches on this board that I received. They, you know, I read this document they sent me. They told me that those are going to be removed in the final version. It's just gonna uh, basically the dip switches are for flash mode. You can actually flash the individual compute modules from the board itself by toggling that, but it's there's going to be some kind of, I think it's going to auto sense, or if you maybe insert an SD card, it knows what you want to do. So it's going to take those away because they're just there for now. The front panel connectors don't work yet because they require a firmware update. So I wasn't able to really test that out yet. My understanding is the final version is supposed to enable that. It is just a firmware update. So even mine will have that too. Um, and another funny thing is that the um, to get to the web console for the BIOS requires Internet Explorer, but they promise that the final version that people will buy will not require Internet Explorer. They'll they'll have that fixed. You could use whatever browser you want. It's just for now. So there's a few little edge cases here with mine being pre-released. But other than those things, it's supposed to be the final um, idea. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I just love having all these ports and being able to hot swap compute modules. It even uses the um, NVIDIA Jetson as well. You can plug that in. You can you can mix or match those. You can have, you know, three of one, one and the other, you know, however you want to do it. And that's awesome. Just hot swap compute modules. I just, I guess the only thing I could wish for here is that it had more than four slots or so they had an alternate version with like eight slots, but maybe they will. This is just the first version of the Touring Pi 2. So who knows? Um, that's one downside is that, if you have like regular Raspberry Pis, you could have a bunch. There's no limit. But when you have a designated number of slots, well, you have four, so you could put four or less. You can have one if you if you want to um, upgrade later. But for a cluster, it's cool because you could have you know like a controller node, and then you could have like your worker node, and then fill the other two slots as your home lab grows enough to where you actually need the um, other compute modules. And the compute modules that I have. Are the ones without emmc storage that's another benefit of the compute modules you could buy them with emmc built-in storage which is really cool but the touring pi 2 has these adapter boards for the compute modules so the compute modules don't go in by themselves you put them on the adapter and then the adapter into the board the adapter has an sd card on it so it gives you that functionality that the raspberry pi the vanilla one has where you just insert an, an sd card it gives you that back because it has an SD card slot on the adapter. You just download Raspberry Pi OS, whatever you want to use, whatever's compatible with Raspberry Pi, the same way you would do it on anything else, just flash it to the SD card, put the SD card in the adapter, put the compute module on the adapter and put it in the board. And then basically um, you're good to go. So they have a
0: that 12 gig backplane between each other. I'm assuming then they share the... Uh, network interface has a bridge so they each get their yep. own mac address okay That's sure. true. They yep. dhcp yep. you have four modules you get four separate ips uh, essentially they're four computers now is that gigabit is that how they're connected yep. just one okay
1: it's one gigabit and i was i was hitting nearly 900 or thereabouts i was doing a few iperf tests i'm still doing more tests on it um but yeah it's it's gigabit so it's it's passing all of my tests so far and it seems pretty fast I have a um, Kubernetes cluster already set up on it because why wouldn't I do that, right? I haven't um, run but one container on it yet because I'm still playing. I um, loaded BookSonic on it just to have that. But, you know, you could also just set it up any other way too. If you just use your imagination, for example, it could be your NextCloud box. You could have like one compute module as the web server component of NextCloud you can have another module as the database server, and then another module as the you know storage server for Nextcloud. So you don't have to set up a cluster. You could have like uh, you could just separate the individual services. You would maybe include on one Linux instance, split them between four, and then each compute module has its own designated purpose. Use your imagination, and you could basically decide what to um, to use yours for.
0: Now, because these support both the Raspberry Pis and NVIDIA Jetsons, is it on your roadmap, Jay, to eventually swap this out or maybe get another one and do it with Jetson boards? Or is that down the road? I have
1: have one um, Jetson board on there now. I'm testing it this afternoon. That's like one of the, there's only a few things left to test. So I do have one and I do have it installed right now. I didn't test it yet, but i flashed the SD card and, you know, put it in there and started it up. So we'll, I guess we'll see. But yeah, basically you plug in one Ethernet cable, you check your, you know, whatever your firewall, router, whatever it is, and you'll see each of the PIs have, you know, grabbed an IP address because it's the same as getting a four-port switch with one uplink and plugging individual Raspberry Pis into it. Same difference because it's a layer two switch on the inside. Um, what's kind of confusing, I think, for some people which won't be confusing when I do the video because I'll have a diagram, the ports are accessible through specific slots. So, for example, if you wanted to set up a Grafana dashboard with all these cool things going on and you want to plug in a display to it, you have to do that from slot one. The compute module in slot one can access HDMI out. The others cannot. That's important. Um, that makes sense because it's not like you could plug a you know HDMI cable into like a box that has five computers and magically, you know, knows which one to go to. Um, The same is true with the SATA ports. Those are on, I think, slot three, I'm trying to remember now. So when I plugged in a hard drive, for example, just a spinning Rust hard drive I had lying around, it shows up as slash dev slash SDA on the compute module as if it was like, you know, inside a desktop or a server. Well, it is a server, but it basically to the Raspberry Pi, it's like, oh, I have a directly attached SATA drive right here. I'll go ahead and use it. And then there's two different slots for two different mini PCIe. So you got to really take that into consideration. So if you're going to set up a NextCloud server and you want the storage on a separate node or you want to set up a NAS, then that compute module has to be connected to the slot that has access to the SATA port. So that way you can have the storage connected. So I'll have like a diagram people can screenshot when they watch my review. So they'll know like which goes where.
0: That's interesting because that's why I was looking a little bit at the diagrams they have on there. And that's kind of what I was thinking. So, you know, slot one, as you said, attaches to HDMI. So if it's if you have something that requires some type of video out that goes there and then your storage, uh, whatever your storage node is going to be loaded up on slot three because that one's attached to the SATA. So it takes a little bit of planning on there. But I think, boy, this is kind of neat because this is kind of in a way a micro Uh, Cosmos over the way, you might see a larger storage built out if you're doing this with a series of large servers and more of an enterprise environment. That's one of the things that fascinates me is all this small compute modules that you can put together like this. You're still learning those same concepts that are used at larger scale and you're using it at something that is very attainable. Also very budget friendly in terms of wattage, because I think we've talked about that yep. when we've done our QA episodes. So how exactly do you cool off a room after you've bought a dozen large servers? I got um, mm-hmm. not really an issue with the Raspberry Pi. Suddenly it's, uh, you know, throw a few heat sinks on there. I know someone had mentioned before, and it, it's worth noting, Jeff Geerling did a video on this as well. Easy enough mm-hmm. to find. Um, and one of the things he did was stick a few heat sinks on there. And this is something common with any Raspberry Pis and yep. it goes hand in hand with anything we've ever built from my early days of can we overclock this when I got anything in, in my 486 days. The first thing we did was going, will it go a little bit faster? Can I get a couple extra megahertz out of this? And so the same thing with Raspberry Pi as you fine tune these uh, in the fact that they're so close together as well means you probably want to have some type of heat sink on them. Um, did you yeah. notice any of the, any particular things on the compute module itself getting hot?
1: No, no, I mean, okay. it's not, I mean, my understanding is that they'll perform faster with the heat sink, but that's probably true of anything. Um, I haven't really pushed it super hard yet. I, I in my opinion, use heat sinks. Why not? They're cheap and easy to get. And they're only going to help. It's not going to cramp anyone's style. They're they're fine. And I like that you mentioned, you know, overclocking and things because I got to be honest, I blame Scotty from Star Trek for this because, <laughs> like... Every episode he's just trying to push the system further and further and further and we grow up watching Star Trek so naturally when we get into tech we want to push it further and further and further just give it more power. Um, If you're going to do that you need a heat sink for sure if you're going to overclock I mean uh, at that point I consider it required to have a heat sink Um, it may not be but it's just a good practice.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things. I seen someone mention it would be nice to have multiple network interfaces, but ideally the the goal is when you're designing with this and what their use case is, is where you break apart a application to its components and then having each of those components run on a different compute module. Like Jason, the web server running on one module, the storage component or maybe the database access on one, the File shares on the one in slot three that connects to the SATA. I think a lot more of a learning experience of how to structure things so they're compartmentalized. And yep. the 12 gig backplane means the application will seamlessly on the back end, even though you've separated these as modules, they can talk to each other. So the MySQL queries mm-hmm. and the file queries are all moving across this really fast backplane, but the presentation is all not really bottleneck, but just presented through a one gig port. I don't think that's too big of a deal. Um, Odd question. I don't know if you tested this. I know you said about 900 coming out of the Raspberry Pi, but does that essentially four port switch on the inside allow for faster network transfers between them? Or is it, is that part of the 12 gig?
1: Um, I haven't really finished testing the network speed yet because I need to uh, configure the parameters a bit more. Um, So that's pending, but so far, keeping up with me but i'll just need to find out more about its local connectivity and i want to underscore your point you mentioned about um you know different you know use cases for each of the compute modules that's a lot more similar to enterprise it which i think is you know one of the things you were mentioning because so i've worked at some companies i don't know why they'll have like one server for all the things you know it has like the web component, the database server, all in this one thing, which, you know, one, well, we're not going to get into that, but, um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of companies out there, that's just how it works. When you get into a Linux admin job, um, you're going to have to work on things like, oh, there's maintenance. So we have the web server, but then we have a backend database server. We don't want the backend database server to be accessible. That needs to be firewalled, but we do want the web server to be exposed And if we do maintenance, we have to make sure that the database server starts first and then the web server starts. And we want to automate that, obviously, so we don't have to uh, babysit anything. But these are real things that come up when you're working in the job and you'll get a chance to kind of like, you know, plan out a distribution of actual infrastructure, make one the database server, um, you know, and so on. I mean that's just the way to do it. I think that's one of the cool things about it. Yes, you could do that on a standard Raspberry Pi, of course. Um but you know, here we have the the backplane, we have the built-in ports and I think that's kind of the star of this because it gives you it's like it's giving you some of the features you would get from buying a second-hand PowerEdge Dell server, for example. But having the power usage of a Raspberry Pi, which is just minuscule. It's like equivalent to charging four or three or four cell phones, I think. I, I still have yet to put the kilowatt meter on it, but I did see Jeff uh, did that on his video, so yeah. it... it yeah. It doesn't use that much power at all. And you know, this, this office is hot enough, right? So. Oh, yeah. adding
0: <laughs> that is one of the challenges Jay does have. It is uh, yeah. when me and him done videos together, you realize right away. Okay. It's kind of warm in here.
1: <laughs> if it looks like I'm sweating in any of my videos, it's because he it's is, <laughs> I am. And it, it hits 90 in here quick. If I have the door shut and I'm, I'm still working on that. So it's not a problem anymore, but um, at least the raspberry Pis aren't going to be adding to that.
0: Yeah. They're, they're just really clever. And I've you know been a fan of them since the Raspberry Pi ones. And I still have those laying around, even though I've moved here. I'm actually, I look through the little edge of my desk here and see a whole nother box of them we bought because we have a couple more ideas that I got to get around to. That's actually one danger of Raspberry Pis because they're inexpensive. You go, I can afford that. I'm going to order that. And there's might be just a little dust on those because I did order them almost a month ago now because <laughs> I, I, oh I haven't God. got to that project yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I must have like, eight of them I'm not using that I forgot about because I worked on a a review um for another one of those server chassis and I bought four of them cuz so I didn't want to you know stop using the ones I was already using and then I'm like the other day ah, I wish I had an extra raspberry pi open up the closet oh yeah I have like a bunch right there okay um I got to either give them away or find something to use them for <laughs> yeah or is that even possible is, there, is it possible to have too many raspberry pis
0: Mm -hmm. Nah, just kind of build them together. And actually, here's a fun one. I see someone mentioned in the comments here that they discovered MinIO today. I've done videos on MinIO. It's actually on the back end of FreeNAS for S3 emulation. And that's what MinIO does. But it actually does more than that because there's ways you can tie MinIO systems together and cluster things together. It's a good learning opportunity for how to do object storage. And it I, uh, according to the person in the comments, I've never tried Min.io, but it wouldn't surprise me because it's Linux based and FreeBSD and many other platforms that it uh, would support the Raspberry Pis as well. I imagine this might be a fun learning opportunity to learn any object based storage management where you want to have something shared between a few devices. These are all like just really solid learning opportunities. So when you get to the enterprise space, even if you have not set your hands on some of these, enterprise class data center storage servers, you'll find the concepts are one of the things I think it's so important to learn because those concepts, once you've built this, once you've understood the troubleshooting, understood where the bottlenecks are, building an application on it, or running just a series of applications across several nodes, it clicks easier that, Oh, by the way, this scales completely to from four modules to four filled racks at a data center. It's the same concept. Um, just we've swapped out with a lot more expensive stuff.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. And um, I do need to address the elephant in the room that yes, raspberry pies are a little expensive right now, uh, depending on where you're getting them from. They're kind of hard to find um, because you know, um, supply chain issues and all that, but um. normally they're pretty cheap. So if anyone's looking at this for the first time, Oh, how much do these cost? Oh my gosh. Um, it's not the normal price. So we'll just kind of pretend that's not the case and just kind of wait a little bit until yeah. they come down.
0: I think I ordered mine just before, uh, just before things went real expensive on them. So I have a couple of them and it was part of a project is uh, I, and me and you both did videos for Raspberry Pis as KVMs, and I was looking to build one, um, the, the their other project, because I did, I think it was Tiny Pilot is the one we did, but we were going to cover the other project as well. But we, we have had trouble getting some of the parts um, that we needed. They were just out of stock that we were hoping to get. So
1: I wish um, I bought, like, like, if I had the money, like a couple thousand Raspberry Pis and just sold them for retail price to the audience just because. <laughs> They're hard to get, and I hate that. So it's just like I wish I had known. I'd like buy a bunch of them and just you know give them away for the the same price they go for normally. And um, yeah, I like to put them in the hands of all the homelab people that follow. I agree with you completely on that. I feel bad because it's like there's probably a lot of people out there that want to work on a project. I mean, we can't even find a video card right now, let alone uh, other things. And if you
0: couldn't tell by the statement of me and Jay made, we're not great business people because we're not t- trying to offer you selling
1: them for the market price right now. We're just right. trying to
0: get more people into tech. So yeah. Notice don't I didn't follow say, us for advice in this show.
1: Right. Notice I didn't say I'm going to sell them for $500 each. No, I'm going to sell them for $30 <laughs> each or $40 each or whatever they go for. Just because, um, you know, there's just, it's just so amazing to work on a project because you could be super bored, but you get this idea. If I had a Raspberry Pi, I could set up a a NAS. That'd be so cool, but I can't get one right now. So that's sad. Um, Hopefully that gets moved over soon. Um, Who knows, maybe there'll be a Raspberry Pi 5. I'm sure there will be at some point, but the Compute Module 4s are so much better than 3s. Like, just to give you an idea, um, because you mentioned those game systems, none of mine have Compute Modules in them. They have, um, well, one of them has a Raspberry Pi 0, which was just updated. The Raspberry Pi Zero couldn't even handle Super Nintendo games, barely, but this new one does. And my other ones have the standard Raspberry Pi 4 in them. But when I would see a game system with the Compute Module 3 inside, I wouldn't buy it because I know for sure there's just a lot of things it's not going to be able to do because it's just so darn slow. The Compute Module 4... If that ever gets into these uh, retro gaming systems, I'm buying it immediately because it's every bit as powerful as a Raspberry Pi 4. So um, it's definitely a huge step up from what we had before to the point where Turing Pi 1 was a really good idea. Not very practical in the long run because of the speed, but still usable. And this new one, it's just fine. Like I I have no speed complaints at all. I, I haven't seen any bottlenecks. So... I think the touring pie Two is, is like the way to go. If you have access to one, I thought I heard February they're trying to have these available, but I'm not sure. And I hate saying that anyway, because even if they do say February, I mean, let's be honest it supply chain issues, right? So yeah, it could could be delayed. So you never know.
0: Yeah. This is one of those, you know, a common call I get at my company and I'm listening. I hear the phone ringing in the background. (laughs) Hopefully no one else does uh, in the next room, but you know, Supply chain issues are what they are right now. Um, I'm I'm always hoping you're listening to this and watching this in a future where this is a uh, solved problem, but um, it's not now. So, mm-hmm. ah, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> I re- I remember a time when if you wanted to buy something, the only determining factor was whether or not you had the money for it, and you would right. just go and get this, buy it because video cards were at the store. You could actually get one. Not from some shady person in the, um, you know, back of a Best Buy parking lot, Um, (laughs) you know, actually go to the store. Um, But anyway, it's I'm I'm poking fun, but it's not funny. It is what it is. Um, Hopefully this gets over soon so we can get back to um, having crazy science experiments in our basement like we've been doing.
0: Yep. You have anything more to add about the pie? I think we covered it. We'll leave links to where Um, you can get it from. Do you have a
1: there's going to be a lot of missing pieces in what i went over because of the fact that the re- the review is still going so yes, there, uh, there might be, be some info right right so there might be some info there that that i discovered after because i'm still recording this but for the most part that's what it is i think i might do a follow up video on it like some months later after i get the new firmware and get that installed and have more time to play with the uh, set of ports because unfortunately all I had was spinning rust. I couldn't believe it. I thought I had a SSD <laughs> lying around. I didn't. So of course I tested it, but the the speed is slow because the hard drive is slow. There's nothing the touring pie can do if the hard drive is slow. Yeah. Um, but that'll be the next thing is putting an SSD in there and um, seeing what kind of uh, shenanigans I can get into. I really do think that this is going to be like a um, permanent part of the network though, because I have, it's equivalent of a Bastion server, but it's not externally available. It's kind of like a Raspberry Pi that is like a Tmux host where all my things that I'm working on are all on that one thing. But this has SATA and all that. So it'd probably be better just to move that over here. Maybe some of my network monitoring tools might run better with this backplane. So um, I'll probably make a video about what it ends up being in my network um, when I'm done with the video.
0: Very cool. Well, of course, that's all on Jay's channel. Links are easy to find to that as well. So looking Mm -hmm. forward to watching that video. Yep. All right. I think that's all we have for you today. This is uh, it. We're excited. We and Jay were talking about this last night. I'm excited Mm -hmm. uh, for all this come out. Hopefully you're watching this in the future when you have one too or easy access to one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But we'll leave links down to the Touring Pie website. And thank you very much for listening to our show. Uh, Feedback is always appreciated by the way we do have a form for that uh that is what leads up to our q and episodes you can find it on our website thehomelab.show awesome thanks thank you